Gordon Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throupier, on another magical Monday. Friends, Torch Report 225, has AI been weaponized? Friends, what happens when the power of artificial intelligence falls into the wrong hands? If the evil global cabal got their grubby little mitts on AI, what would happen? I don't know, friends. Is this it? I don't know. There's a lot happening in the headlines this morning, friends, and none of it in my mind is really what matters most. But still, before we dive into the deeper, more meaty, substantive issues, let's go ahead and see if we can see through the smoke and mirrors. Because in order to see through the smoke and mirrors, we must first take a look at the smoke and mirrors. So here is the rundown. First up, there are conflicting claims about an upcoming dirty bomb false flag events. On one side, Russia warns of a dirty bomb false flag plot and a flurry of rare calls to Western leaders. So we got Russia saying, hey, they're going to make this, they're going to do a set of dirty bomb off. It's going to be a false flag. They're trying to frame us here. And on the other side, straight out of the mouth of the mainstream media, we've got the headline, Russia could plan a dirty bomb pretext, say the Western country. So there's the conflicting narrative. Also, some more conflicting claims about the current state of the economy. Uh, while one one side says the U.S. economy is likely rebounding just before the midterms, despite inflation <laughs> and everything else that would fly in the face of this farcical statement that the economy is rebounding just ahead of the midterms, which we know is an outright lie. The other side, of course, is that the U.S. economic downturn is gathering significant momentum in October, i.e. the economy is going off the cliff. Friends, probably there is no parachute. All right. Now, the other conflicting claims out there. The ongoing narrative of COVID-19, the threat of COVID-19, their headlines out, you know, the deadly COVID twist is like nothing we've seen before. This deadly COVID twist is like nothing we've seen before. New York's struggle with the new variant is telling us something, you know, research shows that the main COVID symptoms have changed. Oh, my gosh, what's going on? Of course, none of those articles reveal the truth that COVID is, in fact, not deadly, as I have been saying for over over a year, two years now at this point. Anyway, a new study out of uh, Brookings Institute. Is that the Brookings? No, Brownstone Institute. A closer look at the COVID mortality rate. And guess what? The survivability is still over 99.99% for the vast majority of humans on planet Earth. Great study there if you want to get some perspective. Now, the other big news uh, that I want to just kind of touch on before we get into the AI, the weaponized AI, is the is what's happening in UK. Because uh, as you know, Liz Truss, we were just talking about that Liz Truss, Bojo, they got hammered out of office. Uh, it's a global coup, according to Nigel Farage. Now we find out today, oh, this billionaire banker just so happened to get elected after a remarkable turnaround of political fortune. And now he, Mr. Rishi Shunak, is is uh, set to become the new conservative leader. He's going to be the conservative leader. Hmm. And the crowd goes wild. Yay! Everybody says, oh, we, we owe it to the country and we owe it to each other and we owe it to Rishi to unite and work together for the good of the nation. Friends, the solidarity is palpable, as is the wafting stench of political corruption. I am curious just how many people are aware of the fact that despite appearances, Rishi Sunak was a 
was actually key. He was instrumental in bringing down Boris Johnson, essentially instigating this transition to power. And then he kind of slinked off behind the curtain, and now he's back up on front and center. You know, his rise to prominence came from, quote, relative obscurity after developing a, quote, quote, cult media following. Sounds an awful lot like a few other politicians I know. Uh I wonder how many people know that his wife is the heiress to a billionaire tech mogul, that his sister is the chief of strategy and planning for the UN's education cannot wait agenda, i.e. globalist indoctrination. Or how about the fact that Sunak himself was formerly a managing partner at the Children's Investment Fund, which is not only linked to radical environmental activism, but also has uh, ties to Microsoft, Raytheon, and Union Pacific, just to name a few. This guy is deep in the pockets of the global cabal. Now, it's probably also worth mentioning before we move on that he is admittedly a coke addict. It makes me wonder if he hangs out with Hunter, the crack pipe Biden. Uh, he's also pushed for the transition to global digital currency, which his father-in-law and the WEF are collaborating on, and he has presented to the World Economic Forum a framework for a whole-of-economy transition to the great new digital future Earth, friends. Again, the solidarity is palpable, and of course, all Britons owe it to their country and to each other and to Rishi to unite to work together for the good of the nation. Not, you know, <laughs> remember the globalist coup we were just talking about? Yeah, I'm sure this is all just coincidence. Now, moving on, friends, to what should be much more important and top of mind for any human who cares about freedom and the future of humanity. It should be apparent that the invisible hand is orchestrating events in the UK and around the globe, just the same as it is right here at home. This invisible hand is influence, and this influence is being wielded without much public notice. People look at the smoke and mirrors, they think, oh, this is what's going on. This is like the geopolitical drama. It's all staged. The global cabal, meanwhile, is aggressively advancing their great reset agenda, and too few, too few people care. Too few people notice. Too people, uh, who, who knows? Who cares? The great reset. I just, I said uh, here recently, I was at a conference and a lady's like, I thought the great reset, that's come on. That's not really a thing. You know, friends to deny that reality spells doom for the future of humanity. We must help people wake up to what's really going on. Otherwise, we have no effective way to mount an organized opposition. If we fail, friends, if we fail to communicate the threat of weaponized government agencies, centralized censorship, medical tyranny, and the plethora of other unchecked authoritarian impulses currently manifesting in America and around the world, if we fail to call out the global cabal, then we lose. Freedom loses forever. <laughs> you know, I, and I know, friends, that claim, it sounds insane. You can't say freedom lost forever. Luke, come on, you're crazy. How is that even possible? Well, here's how. You know, the hackable animals. Many times when I talk about things, I mention the fact that I'm using their words, not mine. And what that means is that I'm sharing with you verbatim what the globalists intend to do because they put their plans in writing. It's their language. It's their choice of words. It's their stated objectives. Keep that in mind as we now consider exactly how a small group of global leaders, less than 1%, are actively working to enslave humanity in a socialist surveillance state. It is, friends, reasonable to ask. Are these words just hyperbole? Are we, 
is the future of humanity really facing enslavement? Luke, is this really going to happen? Is this really, I mean, come on, you know? The answer is yes, we are facing enslavement. These words are not hyperbole. To quote the great Daniel Webster, there are men in all ages who mean to govern well, but they mean to govern. They promise to be good masters, but they mean to be masters. Friends, the global cabal, they mean to be masters. You know, this this uh, this guy, Yuval Harari, who we're going to I'm going to be quoting here at length. Uh, I first wrote about the WEF, World Economic Forum's hitman Yuval Harari, and his claim that humans are hackable animals back in Torch Report 157, Hackable Animals and the End of Free Will. Now, that was over three months ago. You know, we discussed the integration of sentinel surveillance approaches into national and global surveillance schemes. Friends, their words, not mine. Sentinel surveillance approaches into national and global surveillance schemes. They're using AI to do this. And they're also using AI, artificial intelligence, to manipulate human behavior and immunize the global population against misinformation. All of this is well underway. And yet, most people have no idea that it's happening. Today, we are many steps closer to this inescapable tyranny. You understand that once the global social surveillance state is in place, once we've transitioned to digital currency and that digital currency is tied to the chip in your hand, okay, that is an inescapable totalitarian state. They can track you anywhere and everywhere you go. And uh, Harari is saying that in his speech. You know, It is critical to realize that this ability to use technology to track human beings, to turn human beings into hackable animals already exists and is actively being used against it, against us. And it has been for longer than most of us have realized, you know, myself included, friends. I'm not like, oh, I got this all figured out. Nobody else is. No, I'm saying, look what I learned. Everybody, look, look, look. We all need to be talking about this because this is a big effing deal, you know, uh, according to. Harari, Yuval, Yuval Harari. Here's how it works. The danger formula is what he calls it. He says B times C times D equals AHH, or B times C times D equals ah. Biological knowledge times computing power times data equals the ability to hack humans. Ah. What does that mean? In plain speak, friends, in their own words, this means, quote, we humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are now hackable animals. That's what we are, period, end quote. That's it. I'm going home. <laughs> you know, what an astounding claim. Do you believe it, friends? Do you believe that you are a hackable, hackable animal? Do you doubt your own mysterious soul? Regardless of how you feel about being reduced to little more than a hackable animal, there are many other implications embedded in this foregone conclusion, friends. The truth is we are hackable. You know, we could talk about how do we uh, 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 biologically hack our happiness. You know, there, 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 there's something to be said for hacking our habits and, and all of that. The, do you believe you're a hackable animal? Well, we are hackable animals to an extent. But do you doubt your own mysterious soul that, that, that we don't have a mysterious soul? That's not true. That's just, you know, false. Now, keep in mind – this formula, the B times C times D equals, ah, uh, <laughs> you know, the ability to hack humans, was presented January 24th, 2020. 
2020. So coming up on three years, right at the onset of COVID-19, the Great Reset, while the whole world was going to war with against the new invisible enemy, you know, the global elites had already realized that humanity was just a bunch of hackable animals. And they also realized, and I quote to you in their own words, that, quote, you don't need to send soldiers in order to control a country. End quote. They also realize that, quote, countries will either go bankrupt or become exploited data colonies. End quote. Sounds like a wonderful option. You're going to go bankrupt or you're going to become an exploited data colony. Huh. You know, how about this? They also realize that, quote, the rise of dic- digital dictatorships will monitor everyone all the time. End quote. So I didn't make up those words. I could take over the whole world by exploiting data colonies and the rise of digital dictatorships will monitor everybody all the time. That's the global socialist surveillance state. Okay, those are my words. Global socialist surveillance. (laughs) The global socialist surveillance state. Those are my words, but they say that the rise of digital dictatorships that monitor everyone all the time. So just think about it. Think about what that means. Of course, our benevolent global leaders are only pointing out that this is a is possible. You know, certainly they're not planning on exploiting these vulnerabilities, right? Why would they do that? Says Yuval Harari, and I quote, Now in the past, many governments and tyrants wanted to do it, but nobody understood biology well enough and nobody had enough computing power and data to hack millions of people. End quote. But that's all changed, friends, because now they can pull it off. Now it is possible to enslave humanity in a global socialist surveillance state and totally take over the world. The potential for corruption is huge. (laughs) You know, I don't care what they tell you their intent is. The potential for corruption is huge. Our future is being directed by the most powerful group of people assembled anywhere on the planet. And the public-private partnerships that are forged in the face-to-face forums like the World Economic Forum, that they, they create that human contact. This, these elites getting together, bumping elbows, you know, sipping context, cocktails, and talking about how to use weaponized AI to take over the world like a bunch of freaking copies taking over the world. Anyway, the, uh, the connections made there, <laughs> radiating my composure, uh, the, it, it's given rise to an unimaginably powerful alliance of very ambitious individuals. And quite unfortunately, for the sake of humanity, it's unfortunate that these elite leaders suffer from a collective delusion. They believe that they alone can protect us and that they must protect us. They must protect us from the invisible enemy. They must protect us from the AI. They must protect us from all the bad guys. As a brief side note, friends, this offer of protection is sufficient to dupe a significant percentage of the population, So, especially when everybody's freaking out about an invisible enemy. So in the context of COVID, most people didn't realize that the solutions that they were providing, oh my gosh, you know, we got to keep everybody safe. So they use that providing safety and protection to lay the groundwork for the global surveillance state that we're now, you know, marching headlong into. Fewer still, though few people realize that, fewer still had any awareness whatsoever of the full scope of what was being implemented, the AI, the sentinel surveillance, and the other tools being used to hack and control humanity. Who the hell knew? You know, I didn't know. Did you know? If you did, let me know. (laughs) You know, my God, I got uh, some questions for you. But here's the point. How do we resist at this point? We've come so far. They're not going to turn back now. How do we resist moving forward? 
How do we help people realize the threat of being hacked by an evil cabal in the name of the greater good? You know, how? How do we help people see through the illusion that they alone, the global cabal alone, can protect us? Is, you know, that, that, that the elite will keep us safe. How do we help people see that? That it's not they who are going to protect us or the planet. It's we, the people of humanity, who must stand together to protect ourselves and to protect and preserve life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, freedom for future generations. You know, it's not the elite who's going to do this for us. It's us who must do it for ourselves. The question is, you know, how? And, you know, here I want to kind of pivot back to how – how is the global cabal taking control? You know, how are they going to enslave humanity? And how do we help people realize that that's happening? You know, we have to ask how. How can they protect us from ourselves? You know, how can they protect us? Well, in order to protect us, they must neutralize the threat. Right. So if they want to protect us from a bioweapon, they have to create the bioweapon. You know, if they want to protect us from AI, et cetera, they have to neutralize the threat. So how do they neutralize the threat? Well, they have to control the threat. How do they control the threat? They must understand the threat. How do they understand the threat? They must study the threat. How do they study the threat? They must create the threat because how else can they study a potential threat that doesn't exist unless they create the threat so they can study it, understand it, and learn how to control it? That's how they keep us safe, by control. This is the same pattern of thinking that drives the mad scientists conducting gain-of-function research and creating wholly unnatural viruses with an 80% kill rate. Insane bastards. You know, It's circular thinking. In order to protect the people, they must first create the threat. It's like create the problem, provide the solution. You know, Just like creating bioweapons to keep us safe from bioweapons, the creation and deployment of AI-based algorithmic solutions is said to keep us safe from misinformation and potentially corrupt perspectives. Of course, this power could be used, uh, could be exploited by tyrants to brainwash the masses, but they, of course, they would never even think about abusing these technologies to advance their own agenda, right? Except that is exactly what they are doing. And I quote again from who Yuval Harari, the power to hack humans can be used for good purposes. Pause. Oh, it could be. What a great thing. It's going to do it for the greater good. Continuing on. Uh, 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 good purposes like providing much better health care. But if this power falls into the hands of 21st century Stalin, then the result will be the worst totalitarian regime in human history. End quote. Now, that's coming from the guy that wants to take control. You know, they claim that they would protect us from the people who might use this tech for evil and that they would use it for good. Friends, but call me a skeptic either way. The implication is that they intend to regulate, i.e. control, the use of weaponized AI. And if they are controlling the weaponized AI, then we, friends, are not. And that is a significant point. It's a significant significant disadvantage when they claim that it has to benefit everyone you know that we got to use these new technologies to benefit everyone they neglect to inform you that they get to define what benefit means or how exactly such power will be allotted we can you know we can assume that no doubt it will be equitable and inclusive and no doubt it will meet the highest moral standards and truly reflect the will of the majority hint 
hint, that's not a good thing. You know, the will of the majority being enforced through artificial intelligence. But, you know, how will this be achieved? It will be achieved through control, greater and greater degrees of control over our lives. They must choose. They must decide. They must control the available choices in order to control the desired outcome. And hidden within the seemingly altruistic desire to help humanity for the greater good is the evil impulse to control the lives of other human beings, friends. And they believe this impulse is justified. That is a scary thing. Now, friends, we're going to go just a little bit long here because I want to dig into this just a little bit. They believe that it is the only moral solution to save the planet and to save us from ourselves. They believe it is the intelligent and logical thing to do, to take control of other people for the sake of the greater good, to treat us like hackable animals because that's how they can save the planet. Think about what that means. It means that they believe they have the right to control you. And that it's for your own good, whether you agree with how they control you or not. And so I must ask, is this not abuse? Is this not a direct violation of our own individual volition, of our sovereignty, of our soul? Friends, I must ask, have you been hacked? Ha! Now think about it. I think to some degree we have all been hacked. So I just want to state that. You know, but you can be a hackable animal and still have a soul. That's a big point here. You know, you they want to uh, – Yuval Harari says, you know, we got to get past this point of thinking that we have this soul, that we're just hackable animals. Well, you know what? We can be hackable animals, and we can be hacked, but we still have a soul. You know, understand that it is your mind and your body that are being hacked, biohacked, bio you know, but it is your soul that is being enslaved. You can control your mind. You can control your body. You can control your thoughts, your focus, your behavior, your actions, your impact, and your intent. But you can also be hacked and lose control of these things as well. Understand that there are powerful people who are actively exploiting this fact each and every day. I call them the global cabal, and they now have the tools to enslave humanity, but they are not gods. They are not lords. They are not rulers. They are not our masters. They are hackable animals just like the rest of us, friends, and ruminating on that just might reveal the best path forward, but I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> friends, it would be wise to read between the lines, and that is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do me the great honor of clicking that little heart and giving me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And above all else, please share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this magical mindful Monday, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.